Hey y'all, it's Evian, and I'm taking a little breather this week to focus on some serious self-care and self-pleasure uh, because, woo, <laughs> I need it. I'm in so much need of that. Uh, but I didn't want to leave you without an episode this week, so I'm re-releasing an amazing conversation I had two years ago that I still think about a lot. Um, it's with the guy that runs the platform Expressions Untold, which at the time was an Instagram account that featured photos that celebrated sex and desire. There's also some really beautiful poetry and words that he expresses. It's just fantastic. Uh, so since we did this interview, the original Expressions Untold account was taken down from Instagram. And every attempt Expressions Untold tried to make to get it back up was also taken down. Like I think he's tried to make nine different new accounts and they've all been removed for violating Instagram's guidelines, even though none of the photos are sexually explicit. So as you're listening, know that the profile we mentioned throughout our conversation no longer exists and you can find his new Insta at expr.untld. Honestly, though, I think the best way to keep in touch with him and his work is by going directly to his website, which is expressions-untold.com, because it's literally only a matter of time before this account gets removed. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to stop talking and let you enjoy this episode. I'm about to put on a face mask. I'm about to sit out in the sun. I'm about to drink some water. Hey, a reminder, drink some water. Have you drinking some water today? Drink some water right now. Okay, take good care. I will chat with you soon and enjoy. Hey everyone, I'm Evian Whitney, and welcome to the Sexually Liberated Woman podcast. So I've been thinking a lot lately about this quote I heard once, right around the time I started my sexual liberation journey. It's by Margaret Mead, and it goes, every time we liberate a woman, we liberate a man. I love that quote so much, and originally I think it was meant to be applied to feminism. Like this idea that the patriarchy and toxic masculinity is damaging not just to women, but to men as well. And when you liberate women in that way, you're also indirectly helping to liberate men. But the one thing I've been wondering since I heard it is if that quote could be applied in this realm of sexual liberation. Like if every time a woman becomes sexually liberated, a man becomes sexually liberated too. And if that's the case, what does that mean exactly? Like, what does male sexual liberation look like? I've been spinning my wheels around that question throughout the last couple of weeks, and I thought while I'm already in this process of figuring this out, it would be really fun to start a conversation with a guy who gets it. 
who works in this realm of sexual liberation and is willing to get a little vulnerable about his own journey within it. So today, I'm talking with a guy who you might know on Instagram as Expressions Untold. He's a photographer who captures intimate sexual moments with himself and others, and he captions his work with these really beautiful, sexy writings about his desires. Actually, maybe before you get into this episode, you should maybe take a look at his feed and prepare yourself because, my God, (laughs) it's hot, at least to me. Because he works so closely in this realm of the erotic, I thought Expressions Untold would be the perfect person to dive deep with about male sexual liberation and some of the struggles that men and masculine of center folks face when it comes to sexual expression. I think so often we hear the phrase sexual liberation and we immediately think of women. But the reality is that some men are sexually repressed in similar ways that women are. Men need sexual liberation too. So me and Expressions Untold dive deep into all of that. And he also gives us a vulnerable peek at what his own sexual liberation journey looks like. I think this is a great conversation for anyone who has male identifying partners, friends, lovers, loved ones. It definitely put a lot of things into perspective for me, and I walked away from it feeling really enlightened about the way that I can be in sexual space with my own male-identified partner. Okay, so before we get started, I just wanted to give you a heads up that since I'm having a personal conversation with a cisgender heterosexual dude and his personal experience, there's some pretty heteronormative cisgendered language throughout our chat. I'd also like to mention that there are a few times where some generalizations are made on behalf of my guest, like the notion that everyone loves sex, which is definitely not the case in reality. I just wanted to give that disclaimer so that you're not blindsided by those things while you're listening. Okay, here's our chat. Expressions Untold. It's so good to talk to you today. Thanks for being a guest on my show. No, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm really honored. Low-key freaked out, low-key nervous, but high-key, very excited. Um, I have to say you should feel just a little honored because you're like one of the only guys that I've had on my show. I mean, I've had my husband on the show, but he doesn't count because he comes as a two for one package. But um, (laughs) welcome to the podcast and welcome to being the first dude on the sexually liberated woman. I that that makes me actually feel that actually makes me feel very, very, very good because I I guess that that means that um, my opinion is valued. Or my insight is so yeah, that makes me that makes me smile. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you chat with me today is because your work with expressions untold is so profound. I mean, I can't remember when it was I found you on the internet. Um, I, I wanna say maybe you followed me first. And then, like, I'm the type of person that, like, if I see someone following me, I'm like, hmm, I wonder who this person is. And so I'll, like, click over. And I was just taken away with 
with what you do and and how you express yourself. So for the for those who don't know, for folks who are listening and are like, who is Expressions Untold? Um, maybe you could just kind of like talk about what you do, why you do it, and like what started this journey for you of of talking about this. Okay, so why Expressions Untold? I'll start there. Um, I created Expressions Untold really because. I'm a very sexual person and growing up I was always this person and I had no way to express it. So it came out in a lot of negative ways. And what I kind of realized through doing that was and just from being from being such a sexual person and my experiences and being promiscuous and everything like that, um, I started to feel like which I'd always felt like sexuality was a very beautiful thing. And I still feel like that to this day and I wanted other people to see that. And Expressions Untold, the name really means all of the expressions that all of us have that aren't being said, Mm. that I personally feel should be said because all of us feel this way. And all of us can resonate with these feelings and all of us have these feelings and these cravings and these desires. And a lot of us have these exact same thoughts, but it's nowhere for us to express it because sexuality is seen as such a taboo thing in our society um, that it kind of cripples us, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And to me, sexuality is one of the deepest parts of most people. Um, I've met tons of people that are very aware in every other aspect of their life but when it comes to sexuality. It's still clouded in a lot of judgment, a lot of shame, everything like that. And to me, that never made sense because from the moment, the first time I ever saw two people have sex, I just thought it was beautiful. Like I, I could see wavelengths. I could see music. Like I saw so much more than just, than just the physical part of it. And it, I remember, I, I still to this day remember it, and I remember mostly being in awe of how two people could feel and seeing their facial reactions, their bodily reactions. And that to me was just amazing that I could make a person feel that way and that two people could make each other feel that way, that their body had no way to channel that energy outside to release it. And that we can make our bodies get to these places of sexual ecstasy and physical ecstasy and even spiritual ecstasy. And that to me was just beautiful, for lack of a better word. And Expressions Untold really is me trying to show that side of sexuality so people can see it. Because in my belief, I feel that everybody loves sex, but because there's so much negativity attached to it, you know, we kind of push it to the background. When in reality is that if you show sexuality in a positive way, in an understanding way, everybody is way more likely to embrace it. Yeah. And so far, that's what I've seen a lot with my work is people telling me, which is the best thing somebody can tell me is people say like, man, I saw your work and it, it doesn't feel like porn. Like I look at your stuff and it's not, you know, I don't feel raunchy. And, you know, if you go on my Tumblr, I have very explicit images because um, I don't I don't want to hide anything. I want you to see the beauty of, you know, two people connecting in every shape, form and fashion. So I don't hide any of that. And they're like, I've never seen an image like that that I didn't feel bad about. But your stuff is like art. And to me, that's what I want people to see, because I'm the type of person that'll have a photo, a full length photo of a couple making love right in the living room. And to me, like that is creation that I'm looking at right there. That is actually one of the things that really stuck out to me about the work that you do that gave me pause. So, I mean, as a woman, I live in this world that is constantly telling me that my worth and my value is in my sexuality, especially if that sexuality uh, appeases and caters to the male gaze. And so porn Mm. isn't always very enjoyable for me because 
I can sense that about the way that, you know, people take these images or the way that people shoot these um, films. Like I can just, I can feel and see that male gaze and how it's catering to that. Like it's catering to these really like. Very very patriarchal. Yes, um, exactly. Aggressive, very testosterone filled. Exactly, Um, exactly. Yeah, I, I put it like this. I, I've seen so much porn in my life that at this point now, I can watch it, but it's hard because I analyze it. And I've done a lot of research into the porn industry. And when I started to actually like dig into the industry, I found more information that made me want to do what I was doing now. Mm. Well, that was that was going to be my point is that like when I see your work, actually, so I'll just I'll just tell you like the honest truth. So when I clicked over into your Instagram profile, I kind of rolled my eyes because I was like, oh, here we go. Another dude posting these images on Instagram and watch like they're all going to be like really gratuitous, really gross. But as I was looking at your pictures, I started to feel myself soften. Like oftentimes when I when I look at male dominated styles of pornography and erotic portraiture, like something inside of my body is like, ugh. But when I saw your work, something softened in me. Something inside of me said, this feels safe. And it wasn't just the images that you were posting. It was also the captions. One of the questions that I really wanted to ask you is, like, how did you train yourself to have this kind of eye that is so considerate of women? Like, what sort of things have you done to, like, cultivate that kind of eye and that voice to make this stuff feel so safe for a woman like me? Oh, man. Okay. So I guess I'll start with the question is, you know, what kind of cultivated my eye? And that is actually really hard for me to answer only because I've always kind of felt, I put like, I'll, I'll put, just to give you some background, I, mean, I grew up playing sports. Um, you know, I still play sports all the time. I still work out all the time. Um, so I'm surrounded by a lot of testosterone all the time. And I always kind of felt different when it came to talking about relationships and sexuality. And certain concepts to me just never made sense. And I'm a very logical person. I'm also an emotional person. But logically, certain things just didn't make sense about how males typically looked at sexuality. Mm. And for me, the concept of sex kind of was devotion. Like, granted, it could have been this first image that I, that, that I saw. that It just ingrained in my head. But to me... Like, I remember when I was like a preteen, like 10, nine years old, um, you know, finding a, a book about artistic nudity and just being amazed by how different everybody's body was and how all these women and all these men, their bodies were so different. And to me, sexuality was like, OK, well, if you're going to have sex with somebody, then shouldn't you want them to feel as good as they can? Like, what, what, what other point is there to do it? And so when it came down to like me actually, you know, getting older and going through high school and everything and starting to have sex, like that's kind of how I looked at it. Like I'm a, I'm a big pleaser at heart. Like I kind of like I, I kind of live for that. Like you know, I'm one of those type of people that you don't have to ask me to do anything to you because I'm going to want to do it anyway. I might not even want anything in return. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's just kind of how I am. So when it came to photography, I knew when I was a teen, I wanted to get into new photography. But of course, I had no clue how I was going to do it. And that was more like a fantasy because I was like, oh, my, everybody will hate me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when I eventually, you know, got the courage to do it, I just wanted to show people what I kind of saw. And I felt like the reason that so many people in our society equate sexuality with the, the human body 
And the reason why sex has such negative connotations are completely due to how it's been portrayed. Mm. That's kind of how I felt when I looked at it, because I'll be, I was, I, like I said, I've watched a lot of porn in my life. Certain porn categories have never turned me on. They've n- I've just never liked it because I could see the fakeness in it. And I saw how that was correlating to my male friends and how they talked about sex with their girlfriends. And I'd be listening to like stuff they did. And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure she ain't like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and like it would be proven when I would sit there and talk to females and they would tell me stories about guys. And in my head, I'm like, oh, God, dude, like he could have did so much better. But, you know, it's like I know exactly where they're pulling the information from because it's directly coming from pornos they've seen. And I don't know. And as for the writing, that all just comes from a very personal place. Um, I started free writing about four years ago. And the more free writing I did, the easier it became for me. And I write all of my captions from either how I'm feeling, which could be a craving. It could be a fantasy. It could be how I'm feeling in the moment. Um, it could be a belief of mine, like how I look at sexuality, how I look at bodies, how I look at intimacy. Um, or it could be from a past experience of mine. Some of my posts are written from things I've actually gone through. Some of my other posts are written from things that I guess humans experience. I'm a big empath, so I can easily detach myself from my shoes and put myself in somebody else's. So sometimes I'll write from a situation that I may not have gone through, but I know people have Mm. because I feel like it's important to talk about. Yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that you are an empath because uh, in viewing your work and I, I wanted to know like, who, I mean, obviously you're doing this for you as an expression of your sexuality and your creativity, but I just wonder, like, who are you speaking to? You know, are you speaking to women? Are you speaking to men? Like, who are you trying to reach? When I first began putting my writings out on Instagram, I was honestly speaking to whoever the heck would listen (laughs) because it really wasn't about anybody else. As weird as that sounds, it wasn't about, like, my page... I will tell you, God, honest truth, is a mixture of a gallery and a diary. Mm. Yeah, it reads like that. It's not really written intentionally to any one group. It was just me literally expressing myself and saying exactly how I felt in that moment or in that time or in that memory. Um, Now that I've kind of gotten a tiny, 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 tiny smidgen of attention, my following is about 70% female, about 30% male. And I wish I could get it to be 50-50. And it's kind of weird to me because I would assume more men would follow me, (laughs) Um, especially looking off my page. I mean, the first thing you did, you went to my page, you saw the images and you was like, oh, my God, it's going to be another page like this, you know. And I would assume more guys would follow because most of my images feature women. But it's 70 percent female. And I wish I could get more males to listen now only because I've had a lot of people open up to me um, since I started my page. And. I really feel that a lot of relationships are lacking um, due to a lack of emotional intelligence on behalf of on behalf of both people, but spe- but specifically the males because I'm a male. So that's who, all I can really talk to for the most part. And um, I wish more males would follow me to see sexuality through a different light. Yeah, why why do you think men aren't following you? Like as a guy, why do you think it is that they aren't digging your work as much as women are? I actually had a guy that goes to the same gym I go to tell me this because he follows me. And he told me straight up, he was like, man, 
He was like, man, I, I dig your page, but you be too much on that emotional shit. That's literally what he said to me. And, you know, I kind of laughed it off because it wasn't like I was going to be like, no, I'm not. You know, <laughs> so I, I, I kind of laughed. I didn't really care, honestly. But um, I, actually, I can tell you exactly why. If I posted images of women twerking, of women nothing but G-strings and thongs and nothing but chicks that 34, 24, 36, you know, I could probably have a, I could have 18 times more followers than I do now. Oh, I know you could, because I see those all the time. <laughs> yeah, I do too, and it frustrates me, because I'm like, what is this? Anyway, <laughs> um, but because, I think it's because my images don't really, even though it can show a person's skin, it's not an explicitly sexual image. And I've had people tell me, look, man, you write paragraphs. I don't want to read all of that. And that's fine to me. You know, that's not what you want. That's, you know, my pages is for you because I'm going to always write paragraphs. But I think I think that's I think a lot of men, they just aren't connected to their emotions at all. So they won't see really what I'm saying. I actually block a lot of guys, to be honest with you. Not a whole lot, but most of the negative, disrespectful comments I get are from males. You know, what's what's really kind of fascinating me right now about that response from the guy that was like, yeah, it's it's too emotional. This notion that men can't be or aren't emotional in sex like that doesn't it i don't know it just doesn't make any sense to me and i mean it doesn't to me either but it it when i look at the scale of why how boys are raised it makes 100 percent sense you know from the time a boy comes out of the womb you start putting genders on children you know from you know from pink goes for the girl blue goes for the boy um they grow up and there's a baby's a toddler you know boys and little little boys little girls are treated differently you know, depending on how they cry and what they, if they fail, they're all treated differently. And as a boy, you grow up with this understanding that I can't, I can't really feel. I'm not supposed to. That's not a manly thing to do. That's not a boy thing to do. I want to be strong. You know, all your heroes are guys with six packs, huge chests, great, you know, shoulders, you know, carrying guns and everything else like that. Everything about as a boy, everything you aspire to be deals with conquering. If you look at the people that we idolize in our society, they're conquerors. You look at the great businessmen of our time. What did they do? They dominated. And when you understand how that plays into the psyche of a male and what he has to do and what he has to be to be accepted as a male in our society, you know, he has to be very dominant in all things that he can, which aren't really anything that deals with, you know, emotion. That's not taught at all, mm. which, in my opinion, actually makes men weak because you have a lot of men that are physically strong and they're outwardly very strong, but emotionally they're like children. Yeah. They can't handle situations, and which is why you see a lot of women times where, you know, women feel that they can't even tell their husband, their boyfriend, their fiance, they can't even tell them that they're suffering sexually or emotionally because they don't want to hurt his emotions. And I'm sitting there like, you're in a relationship and you can't tell because you're afraid of hurting his feelings. What is he five? Mm, yeah, masculinity <laughs> so fragile. <laughs> right, and it's like a hundred percent truth, but it all comes down to this concept where boys, it's like we're raised to choose a woman. Whereas a woman is raised, in most times, not everybody's family, but in a lot of our society, a woman is raised to be chosen. So he's raised with the idea that whatever I do is going to be okay. Mm. I mean, just look at sexuality. Look at pornos. I mean, I'll be honest. When I lost my virginity, it took me like 20 minutes to find the hole because I thought the whole, I thought you just put the thing in. Because, <laughs> I mean, straight up, like, I was just rubbing it up and down. I could not understand why it wasn't going in because the oh, porno God. thing just slides right in. And it's like, right. so when a guy goes to do that and the girl's like says, ouch or something, he's sitting there looking at her like, what's wrong with you? That is like a perfect segue into 
my next question, which is something that I've been thinking about a lot since I've uh, stumbled across your Instagram page is this idea of male sexual liberation. I mean, Mm -hmm. with the work that I do, I work so much with sexual liberation for women and femme identifying folks, you know, Um, because of the way that we've been raised, we've been told not to be overtly sexual. Like, in what ways do you feel men suppress themselves sexually? I mean, you kind of spoke a little bit about it on an emotional level, but I just wonder, like, Mm -hmm. in this realm of of sexual liberation, in what ways are men sexually repressed, if at all? Uh, In my opinion, men are very, very sexually repressed. And most people would argue the opposite because they'll be like, no, all guys are horny. And I'm like, well, it's a lot of guys out there that are very sexual beings way more than they let on to women, way more than they tell their friends. Because if you take a group of guys and you sit them down and have them all talk about sex, right? These conversations consist of nothing but who I fucked one time, how great it was, I had her moaning like crazy. That is it. Hmm. (laughs) It's it's not really a conversation about sexuality. It's all like every every conversation is about story of conquest. Some women that they had sex with where, you know what I'm saying? And Men don't feel that they could talk sexually around each other without it being gay. And that's the the hyper-masculinity of it, is guys won't talk about these things because they don't want to look emotional, you know? I didn't feel, like, I have a thank you feet. I didn't feel comfortable really telling women that until I was, like, 23, 24 years old. Mm. Even though, like, I might have secretly liked it and told specific individuals, I didn't talk about that openly. Because I knew that people would look at me like I was nasty. Um, A lot of things that I liked, I didn't talk about. Because it's just not something that a guy does, in a sense. And a lot of guys feel that way. They they don't want to talk about it because they don't have the space to. They know that their friends will judge them. Even though their friends probably like the exact same thing. They'll judge them in the midst of other males. They'll go home, get online, and actually look up whatever that is. And masturbate to it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what you kind of have in... In male culture, in a sense. So to me, male sexual liberation, it actually starts more on the uh, more on the inside than than the outside by far. I think the first thing males have to do is change their views on what is masculinity. They have to change their views on what gender roles are and what they mean, change their views on, you know, what it means for me to be this way, in a sense. You know, a lot of guys still are very caught up in the idea of looking masculine and looking macho and we're taught in our society kind of to always care a lot about what others think of us. But people have to get out of that. And I feel like once you start there, then you get to the point where you can embrace your sexuality and say, look, this is who I am. It doesn't make me any different. For example, anal play. A lot in, I know especially you know, in, in the black community, males, they will, they will run away from a female that says, you know, I want to lick your butt or I want to stick a finger in your butt or something like that. Because we're taught that that's gay. Right. Now, me, I've always thought, how in the hell is that gay if a woman did it? <laughs> right. Like, that logically doesn't make sense to me. If me and my lady doing this, I don't, how, how can I possibly be gay? But they have to get kind of past that and say, like, you know, I want to try this and be comfortable and confident in trying whatever it is that they want to try and, and talking about it. Um, I do think porn affects males negatively in a big way as well. And what I mean by that is you look at most males are very insecure. We're very insecure about our bodies. Oh, don't don't we know it? (laughs) 
You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> As a photographer, I am I am telling you, it is it's harder for me to find males to shoot with. You wouldn't have you wouldn't believe the amount of women that have hit me up wanting to do photos with their husband or with their boyfriend. Boyfriend always shuts it down. Mm. I would say nine out of ten times it's the boyfriend that's like, you know, they're not comfortable. They want to get their body in shape because they feel like if they don't have a six pack abs and an Arnold Schwarzenegger body, then they don't want to be cut. They don't want to be on camera. Well, do you, and then do you the ever, idea that it's sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask, like, do you ever feel like they're also saying no because maybe they're feeling uncomfortable at the prospect of you seeing their girlfriend or their wife naked and photographing them in that way? That is that does come into play. I even had a guy straight up asking me that. He was like, you know, I see your page and it's dope. I really like it. He was like, you know, but come on, tell me the truth. You fucking these chicks? And it's like, I didn't even know how to respond to it because it, to me, that was speaking to his understanding. Mm. Like that was all his understanding of it. So if I know for some males that does come into it, but the irony of it is that the couples I have shot with, it's always the males that are more affected by my presence. And I mean, granted, I'll be honest, if I were to be like a, like a skinnier guy that, um, I don't know, was socially awkward or something, it wouldn't, it probably wouldn't have that effect. But I'm a pretty muscular dude. <laughs> and, you know, I'm the one to come in. I'm like, what's going on, man? <laughs> like, I'm 100% me. And I think that throws some guys off where I feel like if I was a woman, it would not be an issue. They would be ready to go, 100%. Mm. 100% down for it. That's really interesting. I- I'm wondering what this process of of sexual liberation looked like for you because you said in the beginning of our conversation that you were going through some periods of of promiscuity. It sounds like you had some beliefs or understandings about sex and sexuality that wasn't healthy or accurate. Oh, no, not at all. What did that process of coming to a sexually liberated place look like for you? To give you background, I'm from a very religious background. Um, I grew up in the church, you know, usher, singing, all that type of stuff. (laughs) Um, So for me, Like I said, I knew that I was a sexual being and that I saw sexuality different from the time I was in like middle school. Um, By the time I got to college, I could freely express it. And that's why I was that's why I was very promiscuous. But for me, I got to a point where I felt like I wasn't valuing myself. I had a couple of situations where, um, you know, I slept with women or I pleased women. And I just knew that they really didn't give a crap about me. Mm. (laughs) So I took a kind of a hard look at myself and I, I realized like. One, you know, why should I expect them to value me when I'm not valuing myself? Like, I'm freely giving myself away to all of these women just to make them feel good, not even for me. But then at the same time, I was suppressing a lot of my sexuality as much like I would literally try to pray my sexuality away. Like, I would have erections and just wonder why. Like, I, when I was a teenager, I used to feel like I had demons in me or something. Mm. And I went for about a year uh, celibate. I kind of just cut, I stopped having sex completely. And during that time, you know, I kind of started having my own spiritual views and doing my own kind of research. And I just came to a realization. I was like, I'm going to always have this battle until I accept myself. And literally one day I just sat there and was like, okay, this is who you are. You're a sexual person. You've always been this way. This is just who you are. Stop running from it. Mm. or Stop trying to hide it. Because the more you hide it, the more dumb, reckless stuff you keep doing. Embrace it. And um, once I embraced it, that was the start of me not being afraid to talk about stuff. Then my girlfriend at the time got bought me a camera and um, I started taking pictures and writing and everything like that. I was listening to you t- 
tell your story and like I'm nodding along because our stories are actually very similar in the sense of like being raised in a church, feeling like our sexualities were a sin, deal like just dealing with all of that. It's it's so interesting how parallel our stories are. And I when I say our, I'm also talking about women that I've spoken to. I mean, I think so often we can think that men are on their own separate planets when it comes to sex and sexuality. And for some, that is the case, but um, based on what I've known or, or what I've learned about men through the work that I do and then also just through the men that I talk to, I mean, we have very similar conditionings about sex and sexuality, which is it's just really, it's really sad. It, it is. And, you know, it's funny as you say that, you know, our stories are way more similar than people would think. And what I find is that for whatever reason, we're made to feel like we're so separate. Mm. Like we're made to feel that you're a woman, I'm a man, this is how I am, that's how you are, and that's kind of the end all be all, you know? And when it's like we're not taught this understanding of each other. And we're not, for males, we're not taught to embrace any part of our, um, any part of our feminine side. And I will say that as I embraced my sexuality, I also learned to embrace way more of my feminine side because I didn't feel that me having this thought or having this feeling questioned my sexuality. Like, I know for, for me personally, I can look at a man and think a man is beautiful. That doesn't mean I want him sexually or anything like that. And when I first started, like, telling people, like, yo, man, that's a good looking dude. People would be like, yo, you real comfortable, ain't you? I'm like, I mean, what? He's a handsome dude. You know? <laughs> As I, I, the more I got to that point of just really being unapologetically me, <laughs> um, the easier it was to embrace these different emotions I had and feelings I had and everything else like that. The Sexually Liberated Woman celebrates sexual liberation. And since you're listening to this podcast, I think it's pretty safe for me to assume that you want to be about this life. Maybe you're already on your sexual liberation journey and you're starting to explore your erotic self bit by bit. Or maybe you're one of the many, many people out there who isn't at all comfortable with their sexuality, but wants to be. No matter where you are on your journey, I would love the opportunity to help you step out of shame and into sexual empowerment via one-on-one mentoring, fierce guidance, and resources that support your healing. If you're ready to be sexually free, go to evianwhitney.com shop and start your sexual liberation journey today. That's E-V-Y-A-N-W-H-I-T-N-E-Y dot com slash shop to begin your sexual awakening. I'll see you there. One of my favorite quotes is by Margaret Mead, and she says that, Every time we liberate a woman, we liberate a man. And I've been thinking about that so much as I've been preparing to talk to you for this interview and viewing the work that you do on Instagram. In what ways have witnessing women being sexually free, has that given you permission to be sexually free? I guess there there is an element of my page that as my page and following has grown, I've grown as well. 
because when I first started writing, I really had no idea how it was going to be taken. And this is like my sixth Instagram page, by the way. <laughs> Instagram has shut me down like six times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen that, which is which is wild to me because like, and I, I don't know, I've talked about this before on my podcast where like I noticed that Instagram pages that, that cater to the male gaze that aren't very emotional, that are just like big asses, big tits and G-strings and posing in this very like male gazy kind of way, those stay up, no problem. Oh yeah, those pages have, uh, those pages have 300,000 followers. Oh yeah, millions. Yeah, but let, let, uh, post of mine go up showing a woman's butt in a very non-sexual way and talking about appreciating it that's probably gonna get flagged right it's wild <laughs> yeah it is but yeah it's kind of helped me because it's definitely giving me a feeling of validation i will honestly say that as much as i kind of don't like thinking about it that way it kind of has because when i first started you know it was my first page it was my personal page with pictures of my mom dad everybody and it was a nerd i was really scared because i knew it was all these people that knew me but once I started to see like people like really enjoying my work and telling me how much they enjoyed it. I knew that I was affecting people. And when I would have people telling me stories about like, you know, my husband's following you now, my brother's following you now, um, my cousin's following you now, I got a couple of friends following you. That makes me really happy. Like I love, I love when people DM me or comment and I see them tagging their boyfriend or tagging their girlfriend. Like I want everybody to just have an amazing orgasm. <laughs> like that's really what I want. So that makes me so happy to see that. And I do actually believe that quote that when a woman is sexually liberated, you liberate a man as well. I, I definitely believe that because I personally feel women influence so much more than they realize. Because we're in a very patriarchal society, which makes you feel that men run everything. But in the reality of it, I feel like women are so much more powerful than what they know. Mm. Because guys do what they believe women want. And if they think a woman likes this, they're going to do it. But let's say women just say, no, I don't like this. None of us do, actually. And they just say, you know what? You're not getting any more poom poom until you change. <laughs> <laughs> you start seeing some changes. But you have to, it's a long way to get there, though, because you have a lot of women that are still, you know, they're still afraid to tell their husbands or their boyfriends or their fiancés what they really feel, mm -hmm. you know? But I personally do feel like, I do believe that quote, 100%. I feel like women are so much more powerful than what they know. Now, some do, not saying all women don't know, just in general, like I'm just generalizing everybody right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I've seen that in my work too, where, you know, I'm doing work with women one-on-one -on -one and they tell me like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I'm in this relationship with my man and he's not really, you know, hitting it right. He's not really paying attention to my sexual needs. I mean, there have been many, many times when I'm in a session with a woman where I basically say, I mean, not in so many words, but fuck his feelings. Like your orgasm, your pleasure is important. So stand up for it. Like, yes. like step into yes. your voice, step yes. into your power, yes. which is great, right? Yes. I, and that's that's like my favorite part of doing this work is being able to give women permission to say like, fuck his feelings, fuck his tears. You are worthy of pleasure and you are worthy of asking for that pleasure. But like when they actually put that into practice and they tell their man, like, I want you to go down on me until you give me an orgasm or I don't like the way that you just go right into trying to fuck me without any foreplay. The response that the men give them is like, 
it's not a positive experience. Maybe the the men are suddenly up in their feelings like, oh, well, you think that I can't please you or why are you talking like this? Like there's this like really strange thing that happens when a woman begins to empower her voice. The man immediately shrinks himself. And so like Full disclosure, I don't really give a fuck if a man is going to be like, oh, you don't think that I can please you. Like, whatever. Again, fuck his feelings, fuck his tears. Your pleasure is important. But, like, are there things that women could do to, like, I don't know, broach this conversation in a way that it's more easily heard? Because oftentimes when women have these conversations with their male partners, they don't hear them. They They don't value them. I think a lot of this comes back down to just basic communication. And I'm really big on communication. And what I mean by that is that going into this combo, understand that the reason guys get in their feelings and they're different is because their masculinity is being threatened. Now, is it really being threatened? No, not in any safe form or fashion. But at that moment, they are because they're taught from the time they start as a boy that what they're doing as a man is okay, especially when it comes to sex. Because you look at how little girls are taught going into a lot of marriages, especially, well, I'm from the South. So especially in the South, you're taught that as a woman, it's your job to keep your man happy. Make sure he please, give him what he needs. Mm-hmm. That's your role. And because of that, if a woman comes out and says, you know, I haven't, I haven't been orgasming, and you know, I really like you to eat me out better. They don't hear any of that. What they hear is she wants control of the relationship. That's all they heard. <laughs> Everything else you said was irrelevant. All they heard was, oh, so you're running sex now? (laughs) And it's really sad, but women have to understand that. So I feel like it's no one remedy. Um, But I will say that open, honest communication, I feel like is your best bet. Meaning like if you're going to go into it, I don't feel like you should go into it saying like, look, this is what I need. All right. I do feel like you should go into it and say like, look, somehow around this variation, like, babe, you know, I love you. You know, I love having sex with you. Um, There's a lot of things that I really want to try. And I only want to try them with you. And <laughs> I want these things. I know you're laughing. Because, I'm like, laughing kind of, because it's like you're talking to a child. But the truth is, you know, the thing is, like, you kind of are. <laughs> like, for most guys, you, people are, you have to understand, most males are so emotionally detached from their own damn emotions. <laughs> they can't, men don't know how to process their feelings at all, which is where you see ego come out. They don't know how to process their emotions, so then their ego starts coming out, and they know they're mad all of a sudden. Nose flaring up and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the hell just happened? Like, why is your why is your testosterone pumping full speed right now? But that's why, because they don't know how to react. And testosterone comes out. So it is talking to a child. You're literally almost talking to you're talking to somebody who is not emotionally aware of themselves. And you are in that moment. You're very emotionally aware of what you want and what you need. And you're trying to basically cater to their emotions. And you're talking to them in the softest way possible. And you're saying, like, look, this is what I would like. This is what I want. I only want it with you. Because in a way, you're kind of assuring them of their dominance. Which I know this sounds really fucked up. And it's like it's not a long-term remedy by any shape, form, or fashion. I'm talking to the person that's never had the confidence to talk to their man about this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a good place to start. I'd also say, be honest and straight up say, like, you know, I'm having these feelings and I'm having these cravings. I'm feeling very unsatisfied. And in that moment, if a dude starts acting real crazy and just says, F you, you know who you dating. Mm, Yeah. You know how much he cares about you at that point. That's true. That's really true. I mean, I, I'm I'm definitely hearing you. This isn't the first time that I've heard. I mean, I actually had a conversation with my husband about this uh, months and months and months ago about like the way that women can show up in a way 
with their men that doesn't depolarize the situation. We were talking about masculine and feminine energy and polarity and things like that. And he also said the same thing too. Like, you know, maybe you need to like, you know, like affirm them and assure them that there's nothing really (laughs) wrong. And I'm like in this conversation going like, but why? Why can't we just why can't we just say what the damn thing is and like you just like receive it and like be adult about it? Especially if the relationship wasn't founded that way, it's really hard to start doing it. Y'all been dating three, four years. Y'all are married now. You know, you got two kids and now you start bringing that up. That's why guys say, like, what is this new person? You change. It's not that the woman changed. She just never showed you who she really was. But that's why I'm big on people being who they are and not filtering themselves down. So basically, the remedy is before you get into a relationship with anyone, you should be already in a place of knowing who you are so that you don't have to have these conversations. Because, I mean, it's true. Like, if you show up as the truth of who you are as a sexual person, and that person on the other end receives that, they're already going to expect that you would want yourself to, to feel and experience pleasure. So then it won't be such a big deal. And that takes a woman being liberated. Right. But a lot of women don't do that because they're more so caught up in the idea of getting a man and being this good girl. They're caught up in that idea. So they hide a lot of who they really are. And what happens is it comes out 10 years into their marriage when they haven't had an orgasm in I don't know how many years. And that sex is averaging three, four minutes. And she want to be tied up and hung from the roof. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's when the shit comes out. Right. And it's like the guy's like, well, who the who was this? That's who bro, that's who same person was twenty years ago. She was just playing a role. Mm. So that's where the sexual liberation comes in. Be upfront about that. And you're right, you're gonna meet a lot of weak minded men out here. So a lot of men are gonna sit there and be like, No, nah, you too much. Be too much. Mm. Don't settle. Cause you settle at the beginning of the relationship, you're gonna have a horrible relationship for the rest of it. Ain't gonna change. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. One question that I wanted to ask you is, I mean, kind of in the same realm, like, what are some ways, and and not so much in a call-out kind of way, but I'm just thinking about the ways that women can show up and hold space for the men in their lives to be sexually free. Um, Well, the first one that's on my brain, is only because I had a conversation about this recently, is the idea of the big dick backbreaker. (laughs) And what I mean by that is because of what porn has done, you know, a lot of guys are very insecure about their bodies and especially their, especially their penis. So I used to be insecure about my penis. And it's because all you see is, you know, a lot of times if you go online, you hear women say they want, you know, tall dude, muscular with an eight inch penis or a nine inch penis, something like that. And I think women have to be aware that men are very insecure. And you re- most people aren't aware of that at all, especially if a guy is so chest out that he never understands it himself. But men are very insecure. So I guess kind of understanding that, that would help a lot of guys in a sense. Just them kind of understanding, you know, all right, just like media portrays a certain image of women, it does the exact same thing to men. Yeah. It's just men don't talk about it, so that's why you don't know about it. Where you see like all these campaigns now and everybody's in a very, everybody's body positive. What you notice is everybody's so body positive, but why is it mostly for women? How many body positive pages do you know is all women? Mm. And as a guy, I look at it and I'm saying, well, where are the males? Now, granted, I know for a fact most males ain't willing to post a picture of themselves online with no shirt on. Not unless they got abs. <laughs> but, you know, being aware that that is actually a factor that goes into it. And seeing the things that just like stuff affects you, it affects guys too. Guys just don't talk about it. They bury it. They bury it real deep. So what I'm hearing you say is rather than us women 
automatically going to this place of my man is a sexual god because that's how media is portraying him. Basically, you're asking that we see the humanness yes. of men rather yes. than looking at this this archetype or this, this yes. caricature of men that has been in the media that they're strong and rough and tough and super sexual exactly. and confident. This idea that he has to be successful and have a good job, but has to do this and be a provider. Not that I'm saying he shouldn't be a provider, not that I'm saying he shouldn't have a good job, but <laughs> that idea of what a man is and also asking what do you want and not judging. Mm. I've had a guy that literally messaged me one day and sent me like three paragraphs talking about how he'd always loved his woman's feet, but he never knew how to tell her because he was scared of how she would judge it. So he tagged her on my post. And then she was like, wow, I understand. So it's a lot of dudes that want a lot of stuff. They just are very afraid of how it's going to be received. They don't want their woman to look at them and, and not see them as the man anymore or not as the macho one anymore. So that's what they're worried about. Interesting. Really, really interesting. Thank you. Thank you for all of that insight. Like I'm like my, my wheels are spinning and I have a feeling that the folks who are listening are also thinking about the men in their lives and the ways that they can essentially give men permission to be sexually curious and um, to give them that space that they need and that they ultimately want to be sexually free and expressive emotionally. I would love to talk to you more and more and more about this, <laughs> but um, I feel like I should let you go. But before I do, before I do, there's always this fun thing that I do in my podcast where I ask my guests a few rapid fire questions. All right, I'm ready. Um, oh, so you're, you're okay. You're good. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I'm, let's do it. Okay, cool, cool. So the first question I want to ask is, describe your last orgasm in a word. <laughs> this caught me so off guard. <laughs> <laughs> um last one in a word i would definitely say volcano Ooh, i would okay. say like mount yeah actually i'm not even gonna call it mount because i'm about to pronounce it wrong i'm just gonna say volcano cool okay <laughs> um if your sexual energy were an animal what would it be oh god oh let's see a mixture of a mixture of like a, a rabbit a mixture of a rabbit and an owl <laughs> mm. Okay, so I get the rabbit part. Why an owl? Because owls, they pay attention to everything. So as I have the energy of a rabbit, but I'm very like into the moment, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay, now I'm getting, I'm understanding the owl piece. At first I was like, are you smart? Are you, <laughs> are you nocturnal? I don't know. <laughs> um You've used this term a few times in our interview today, but I, I'm curious, what is your opinion of the term making love? Ooh, good one. All right. <laughs> um, in my opinion, I, and I'll say this honestly, I, I, I used to hate the term fuck because to me, fuck reminded me of raunchy porn. That was super testosterone filled. Mm. Um, to me, making love is, well, we, we, as humans, we all, we all have some form of love inside of all of us. And when you're sharing a moment with a person, y'all are like connecting. And it doesn't mean that connection has to be on this really deep mental, spiritual, soul partner. It doesn't have to be like that. But you are still connecting in this moment. And this moment is the only thing that matters. And the only thing that you all are focused on are each other. In my opinion, that's making love. Because love is an emotion that we can't understand and we can't describe. And in that moment when you're having sex, let's be real. Words don't describe the feelings that we get as humans. So you're making love. 
You know, I have to tell you, I couldn't stand the term making love until I just heard you say what you just said. So now you're making me think of... Oh, God, really? Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, man, maybe making love isn't so bad after all. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. What is one song that helps you get into the mood? Grip by Tessa Thompson. Oh, I don't know if I've ever heard of that one. Yeah. Oh, look it, look it up. Look at the lyrics. <laughs> Grip by Tessa Thompson. T-E-S-S-A Thompson. Cool. Okay. I'm, I am going to listen to that right after I get off the phone with you. My last question is, I think, a question that everyone listening wants me to ask you. Are you single? Am I single? No, I am not. All the women are going, aww. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I asked that question because, like, one thing that I didn't really kind of say in this interview is that, like, you are a rare breed. I'm pretty sure you know that, right? Like, the way that you see sex and the way that you view women in this very respectful lens, like, you're very, um, very considerate, very emotional, very tender. I can get that from you just, just from looking at your Instagram, but even more so now after talking with you. And I know that you are the type of men that women want to have. Um, so since you're not single, where do you think women can find find men like you? Ah, oh, man. The thing is, most most men that even think... Now, Grant, I'm, I'm not trying to say it like I'm super special or anything like that. But most guys that think like me, they're not going to be in places you're really going to find them. Because they don't talk about this type of stuff. These are dudes that are very deeply introspective. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Like, for example, I told a friend of mine the other day. I was like, look, because she says she wanted to cut buddy. I said, look, it's a lot of dudes around here giving, giving out great dick, but you're looking in all the wrong places. You're looking for all the dudes that know they give great dick and they walk around like they give great dick. Mm. I was like, no, it's a lot of guys out here that are perfect for that. And they're very in tune with themselves in that way, but they don't outwardly show this side of them. Like, these are the type of guys that people look at and they say, oh, I never know he was like that. Because they're not really caring too much about outward appearances in that way. So that's kind of what I would say. And also what I would say, as you said before, which you hit it nail on the head, as you liberate yourself, you're only going to attract a guy that can handle you. So if you little, if you dumb yourself down and you like, you know, hide parts of your stuff, you're going to attract exactly what you hide. So if you hide in yourself, you're going to attract the dude that wants that person that you're not. Mm. But if you show who you are, you're only going to attract a dude that can actually handle that and likes that and wants that. Oh, beautiful. I love it. I love it. That's so great. Thank you so much, Expressions Untold. It was a blast to have you. And honestly, I would love to have you back again sometime. Just let me know. I'm always ready. I'm like, I don't know, blessing right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell, tell people where they can find you and your work if they want to get into contact with you. Okay, so my website is expressions-untold.com. Um, that is my main website. That's where you can book me for a photo shoot or anything like that. Um, I have something on Instagram as expressions untold with three underscores. Like I said, I've been shut down six times, so I had to get creative. <laughs> <laughs> um, expressions untold, three underscores. And I'm also on Tumblr. I will warn you, though, if the seeing a penis or a vagina is not what you want to see, you probably should not go on my Tumblr. Um, but it's expressions-untold.tumblr.com. Oh, and one question I wanted to ask. Um, so you're a photographer. Do you come to, like, you're based out of where exactly? Oh, I'm in Virginia. I do travel. Most of the photo shoots I do are in people's homes because I want people to feel comfortable. 
And that's why, like, if you look on my photo shoots, it always seems like in a home environment. That's why. Cool. And so people, if, if people wanted to hire you, you'd be willing to travel for that? Oh, heckity, yeah. I love, I love traveling. <laughs> I love traveling. Yes. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure chatting with you. And keep up the great work. Honestly, your Instagram gives me so much life. Yay, I'm raising the roof. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Sexually Liberated Woman podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it with a friend or leave a five-star review on iTunes. As for me, Evian, you can find me on my blog, sexloveliberation.com, where I write essays about sex, sensuality, and erotic power. I'm also on Instagram at evian.whitney, that's E-V-Y-A-N period, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y where I'm capturing moments of brazen femininity and sexuality throughout the day. And if you want to be a sexually liberated woman, go to sexloveliberation.com SLW, and maybe I'll be chatting with you about your journey of erotic empowerment someday. See you in the next episode.